0: decorated career of Gonzalo Higuaín. Hello everybody, welcome back to Miami Total Football Radio, a.k.a. Miami Total Football Radio, the number one and most listened to inter-Miami podcast, providing you all the latest news, updates, analysis, opinions, inside information, general punditry, and much, much more we have been listened to in more than 50 countries and counting, and maybe We're going to hit three digits because plenty of people are going to want to tune in to hear about Gonzalo Higuain saying farewell to the beautiful game after a tremendous, tremendous career. It's not done yet. There's at least two more games to go, if not more, if Inter Miami makes the playoffs, but we will dive into all of that in just a little bit. If you're new here, well, my name is Franco Penizo. I am one of your usual co-hosts. Joining me are two of the other three. That is Jose Armando and Andrea Llanes, a.k.a. Island Jose and Ajicita. So we will start with ladies first. Andrea, how are you doing today? In the aftermath of Gonzalo Higuaín's not-so-surprising announcement, let's be honest, not-so-surprising.
1: Hi, Franco. Hi, Jose. Hi to everyone listening. I'm happy to be here. Listen, today was um, a bittersweet day because uh, Gonzalo announced he's retiring. And, um, well, he's a great player. You guys know what I've always said about Gonzalo Higuaín and his quality and his career. And it's a little bit bittersweet because um, since my adolescent years, I I saw Gonzalo Higuaín starting his career and uh, it's bittersweet that now his career is ending and <laughs> everyone that I saw playing is retiring. So I'm getting up there. I'm getting old. But um, it was nice to see Gonzalo announce it. It was nice to be there. It was nice uh, what the team did for him with all his teammates there. And it, it, it was really good to to see him express himself. Like maybe we we haven't seen him that much since he got to Inter Miami, do with local media because he has done interviews with, with foreign press where where he talks more than what he talks with, uh, with local media. So it was nice to see him. And I'm really looking forward to see what, what, what he will do next. He says he wants to take a break, but that's what every, every football player that retires says and then they're back in the game. So let's see what happens with Gonzalo. I, I wish him the best, really.
0: Jose, we will dive into all of what Andrea just spoke about in a little bit more detail in a little bit. But Jose, how are you doing today in the aftermath of Gonzalo Higuain's announcement?
2: Um, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited because you know it should be a very interesting week. Um, I think the two games are you know the perfect scenario for for Gonzalo to retire. Obviously, a very emotional press conference this morning so i was just happy to be there happy to report on it and um yeah i think you know it's it's uh, it's sad initially but then after that i think you know it's it's a great opportunity to celebrate um a, a great career i think you know if you go if you go through the numbers for gonzalo dwayne it's there's no question you know he he had a a wonderful career in 17 years so it, it's time to celebrate and i think you know it's gonna be a sad day, and maybe maybe two days, but in, he he'll move on, and then he'll he'll get to enjoy two games. His family will obviously be here, and um, yeah, I think it's it's gonna be an exciting end to the season. You said two games. Does that mean that Jose Armando still does not think it Miami will make the playoffs? Maybe,
0: we'll maybe we'll dive we'll <laughs> we'll dive into that. Okay. We'll dive into that That's once we I get thought. the show. <laughs> once we get the show rolling here, we just get the pleasantries. Out of the way, and of course, before we do all that, if you haven't given us a follow or a review on our social media channels and Apple Podcasts, respectively, please go ahead and do so. We really, really appreciate it. This is our third season of Miami Total Football Radio, so if you can and you haven't so far, please do so here. I can't believe it's been three years of Miami Total Football Radio, but we're going strong. We still have plenty in the tank, a lot more in the works. So, yeah, if you haven't already, leave us a review. It helps us tremendously. And we have some more things that we're working on as we get to the end of this season. And before you know it, next season we'll be here. So, anyway, all right. Jose Andrea. We have a lot to talk about. We've got Gonzalo Higuain to talk about. I'm going to ask you guys, and we haven't talked about this in person nor on our WhatsApp group at all yet, if his stint with Inter Miami has been a success. If you can deem it a success after two and a half years, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the possible, well, there's definitely one omission, but there's definitely, or there's possibly another omission in Gregory and Alejandro Pozuelo from Wednesday's massive, massive Sunshine Clasico, El Clasico del Sol, against Orlando City, a match with huge playoff implications. And of course, we will also recap and analyze the most recent game, which was a 1-0 win on the road against Toronto FC, as well as... Well, what the playoff outlook is with two games left in the season. So, a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. Alright guys, so before we jump into the games and the action that happened and that will happen, let's continue with the topic of Gonzalo Iguay. He said his goodbye on Monday at DraftPing Stadium inside the press conference room. As Andrea mentioned, surrounded by all of his inter Miami teammates and staff. He got the Federico Higuain treatment essentially because Federico Higuain kinda blazed the path for this last year when he announced his retirement and very similar, very similar scenario played out in that press conference room in terms of all the teammates being there. It was today it was emotional. As it was last year when Federico announced his goodbye. I honestly, just me personally, Federico's was a little more Heart heart wrenching. It was a little more pulling on the strings. I felt Federico, he was really really trying to fight back tears and he couldn't. Gonzalo did did tear up and he did get red and he did cover his face. But throughout throughout most of the press conference, you felt like he was more at ease with the decision. That's just my 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 takeaway. Like he's more at ease and more okay with this being it. Whereas Federico, a year ago, you know. He thought he could play another year, and something that he and Phil Neville, uh, or I believe Phil Neville, revealed last, last year during this this type of similar situation, that, you know, they had a conversation about whether Federico would return for another season because he felt like he could. I feel like Gonzalo Higuain was, is just is ready. He's ready to walk away, even though he's playing at a high level, even though it's, you know, it's a been a huge part of his life. I think he's ready to, to close the door. And he, he said that today, you know, if you don't speak Spanish and, and you heard the press conference or you could you. You couldn't make out what was being said. He said he made this decision three, four months ago. He related to the staff, but let's be let's be honest. Everything from the start of the year up until now has pointed to Gonzalo Higuain making this decision, right? Like the, I, I don't think any three of us or any of the three of us here are surprised that he announces retirement at the end of the season. Am I accurate in saying that? Is that how you guys feel? Did you guys were you guys at all surprised? Hearing Gonzalo Higuain say the words that he said today with regards to his retirement announcement, Jose.
2: No, not at all. I think, you know, that's a conversation we had several times here in the podcast. I I, I thought, you know, in the last few weeks, because of the form he's playing in, that maybe, you know, the thought of, um, I want to do this one more time and see if we can work things out. But I think, you know, it's also a combination of of the team is ready to move on as well. Um, and and um, yeah, I was not surprised at all. Um, I, I, I would disagree with you. I thought I thought it was very emotional. I mean, it, it's not about the for me, it was not about, you know, um, watching him cry or or, or, um, or how he expressed himself. but I, th- I thought the letter that he as he was reading the letter, and, and if you really heard what he was trying to say, to me it was it was it was a very emotional press conference even more than than Fede's last year.
0: Andrea, were you surprised at all by Gonzalo Higuaín's retirement announcement?
1: Well, this we have been talking about this all year, especially since his father said in an, in an interview with the Argentinian press, we were talking about this. So, it doesn't surprise me as much but since he's having a good season a good a good a good second half of the season i thought maybe oh maybe he can come back maybe he wants to keep playing maybe he wants to keep doing this now that he has seen that that he can guide this team he can take this team and and, and make them better but i would say like 80% not surprised and 20% surprised because of of what he had been doing but well he said it he said it best that uh, he, he wanted to retire in a good moment. He didn't want to retire being um, a sub, as a sub player. He wanted to retire in live in a good moment. And what better moment than, than the one that he's having now with, with 12 goals in 14 games. So I guess it's good for him. And and it's not totally a surprise.
0: I'm surprised that both of you in some level say that you're slightly surprised. Because... Everything this year pointed to him retiring. Everything. He was in the last year of his contract with Inter Miami. We know, listen, today was about the the positives and everything that he's done and accomplished in his career, but if we're talking realistically and, and you know Chris Henderson and Phil Noble they have honest conversations behind the scenes about what their future is and what the vision is for this club, Gonzalo Higuaín doesn't give you that hope. that doesn't give you a lot from the defensive side of the game. Even even as a striker, you still need to be able to put in some pressing and some running and and some of that. And even Gonzalo Higuain at his better level now, he's in better form, better shape, better physically, still doesn't give you a whole lot. And it does limit in what you can do there from a tactical standpoint. So, like Jose said, I agree. I think the team is also ready to move on. Now, Gonzalo Liguain is is on the last year of his DP deal. So for him to return... He wasn't going to do it for less than DP money, right? Like I, I don't think Inter Miami was going to pay him DP money again to come back. So I think this this has been clear from the beginning of the season. He changed his number, you know his. He he said in interviews that you know he wanted to go out on a on a, on a high note that he he wanted to leave una buena imagen, like a good image of himself at Inter Miami. He always talked, and and you could read between the lines that this was it. And then when his dad came out and did the interview, you know Rosaliguay tried to. Try to quiet down the noise and say that that was a misunderstanding and this and that. But, I mean, really, you know, every, everyone close to the team felt, or I won't say everyone, a lot of people close to the team, including ourselves, felt like this was it for Gonzalo Higuain. This was it. You know, I, I asked him in preseason and, and we had a sit-down interview one-on-one for 20, 20-something minutes. At the training facility and i asked him about his number change and, and positionally where he's playing and you know when i asked him about the number change going from nine to ten on the back of his shirt he said it's a number i've always wanted to wear in my career and i've never had the chance to so clearly there was there's was things he was trying to do because he knew the end was near right if you have a lot of time left in your career i mean you don't necessarily need to make you know try to get that number right then and there there, there were a lot of things There were a lot of little things that added up. You know, he I think he said it to you guys one day at practice when I wasn't there, something along the lines of oh, there will be a decision made in in November. We're we're just entering October, but clearly, clearly this has been in the works for some time. And the, or at least his mind has been made up. And and again, I just never saw him me bringing him back, and I didn't see him coming back on a non-DP deal. And I also just think I think he's okay with everything he's done. And rightfully so because he's had a very accomplished career. But I think he's at is peace. that He's when at you peace. have
1: players like that? When you have players that that have been like Iwane, that he has had a better career than a lot of other players that are have just normal good careers, but just normally Iwane has had an illustrious career. He played for the best team in the world, and then he went to Serie A and played with other best teams in the world. But the thing is, when you have a player like that, uh, why I was twenty percent surprised is because. These players don't want to leave the game. That is why you see Cristiano, 38 years, still playing. Zlatan just turned 41 today, and he wants to keep on playing because when you have players like that, and they are performing, they want to keep playing. So, But Gonzalo, their personalities th- are different. That was MLS. Their
0: pers- no, but their personalities was are MLS different.
1: MLS for Gonzalo because if Gonzalo wanted less money, he could keep playing in MLS. Many teams will want Gonzalo, but he's not going to, to want money. to take
0: less money. And that's and that's that, to me that's the, the difference. You just named other players that are playing well into their later years as well. That's the difference to me is that the the personality Gonzalo Higuain up until this point. There's been plenty of criticism, a lot of criticism about him, not not only at his time in Inter Miami throughout his career about not being in the best shape, etc. etc. A lot of different talking points. It, it, you know, is he too fiery? You know, a lot of the things we've talked about here. I get the impression that Slatan and Ronaldo are players that still have a very, very high level of thirst for competing at the most elite levels of the game. Where Gonzalo Higuain, and he said it today, like he he was okay with his time being up in Europe. And he was okay with moving on. And, you know, Inter-Miami came calling and he was sold in five minutes, he said... And then he came here. But even in his comments today, his remarks today, he said he didn't expect MLS nor Inter-Miami to provide him with the joy that he's feeling now. So essentially, he was coming here for that last payday. Essentially.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: So clearly his... And he's talked about it in other interviews. He always talks in like the past tense when he's talking about his career. So clearly he was okay with what he accomplished in Europe and with the national team this for him when he came in whether he said it or not publicly today he acknowledged it essentially for him was just a last hurrah, a last stop and he didn't expect it to be you know ending on as sweet of a note as it's ending for him in terms of his own individual performance so I, I think just for him he's ready to move on I asked him at the end of that interview in preseason and I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but I'll mention it again in case someone's listening that hasn't heard me say this before. I asked him at the very end, the mic turned off, but he was still there in front of me. We were just talking for, for a couple minutes extra there. And I was like, Hey, when, when you call it quits or whenever you, you call it a career, whenever that is, you know, are you going to stay involved in, in soccer and football? And he, he, he essentially told me like, it's like, nope, nope. That's it. Like it was like his response to me told me a lot. like, Clearly, clearly, he wants to get away from the game, and he talked about that today, getting away from the pressure and the toxicity that, that he feels that exists in social media and around the game. He's played at very high levels where the pressure's been very high. The demand is very high from fans and media. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. He has two more games at least. He's going to try to finish on as high of a note as possible. But everyone
1: says that, and I and I, 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 I was glad that they it was asked of him today because everyone, even his compatriots, I can think of Simeone, Palermo, Crespo, everyone says, no, I'm not coming back. I'm just harto. I'm tired. And then three months, five months later, they come and become coaches. And, well, all of them have been successful. So so I
0: asked him today. I asked him today. I brought up that interview in preseason. And I asked him, is that still your thought on your post-playing career? Do you still not want... To be involved in football. And his response was different this time. His response was, in the short term, I don't want anything to do with the sport. He didn't say forever and ever, no, I'm stepping away. Today he said, for the short term, I'm good with where I'm at. I don't want to be involved in the game in the short term. That leaves the door open. Doesn't mean he's going to do anything with the sport later on in his career or later on in his life. But that leaves a door open. Whether he wants to be a coach, a GM, an agent—I don't know. Whatever he wants to be, that leaves a door open. Yeah. That that response leaves a door open. That maybe in his mind, he will he won't say never to returning in some capacity to the game. So, but for now, you know he he insists that he's he's stepping away. Jose, I'm going to ask you this now. Two and a half seasons. He scored the most goals in Inter Miami history, and I know that that's not there's not been a whole lot of history, right? So it's it's the bar is low in that sense. But he's played sixty five games in the regular season. He has scored twenty seven goals. He has fourteen assists. Some of those assists are secondary assists. I can't. I don't know which one are or which one aren't. So I just have to give you fourteen assists. So
2: don't count them at all. Erase. <laughs> so, okay. It is,
0: MLS. Is Gonzalo Higuaín's time with Inter-Miami and time in MLS, can it be viewed as a success? Or does this team need to make the playoffs this year for us to be able to say, in your opinion, that Gonzalo Higuaín was a success in South Florida?
2: I think it, it was a success, regardless of what happens in the next two games, and I'll tell you why. I think... Inter-Miami failed Higuaín in bringing quality players around him. And um, I think we saw it with Alejandro Pozuelo. He's a different player. He started scoring goals. And um, they are very close to the... um, They are close to the playoffs because of Alejandro Pozuelo and Gonzalo Higuaín. They change a lot the dynamics of the team. And the question is, why didn't they think of bringing a number 10 to start the season? Why did they wait so long? and um maybe you know that could have been a difference maker and Miami wouldn't be at this point fighting fighting for the last uh, playoff spot and instead they would they would be already in the playoffs and maybe thinking about a, a home playoff game and so last year and and if maybe there's something that I, will point out to think that something that maybe Gonzalo should have done a lot better, it's the relationship with Rodolfo Pizarro. I think maybe, you know, um, that needed to be fixed and, um, and, and then they never did, they never did. And so that, that's one thing that I think they could have helped each other, but I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what happened inside the locker room, but we all know the relation, the relationship was not ideal. And, uh, and still, he was able to score. So I think he scored a lot of goals for the team, um, especially in the second half of this season. He has been a true leader on and off the field. And um, I think that's a success to me. It's just about the team failing to bring the right players around him with the right mindset to help him out. And, and I think we have proof of that now in the second half of 2022. When, when you do that, Gonzalo Wayne can lead you in MLS. Of course th- that you can demand more goals, but I think this is not the time to do so just because it's the last year of his career. If we're thinking 5 years ago, I think Gonzalo Wayne can score 25 goals in MLS easily, but at this point, Jose, you have to take it as it is. Jose.
0: Okay, we've talked about the emotional side of, of today's announcement. We've talked about you know, the, the heartfelt remarks, you know, he had his 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 partner and their daughter in the press conference room as well. So we've touched on the human side of it, but we need to touch on just the football aspect. Twenty seven goals in two and a half seasons is not a bad haul. But if you're one of the highest paid players in all of the league, I don't think that's enough. Playing
2: for playing I, for one of the first teams. Okay.
0: I don't think that's enough. I don't think that's enough. And, and I'll tell you why. And I, I really would love and will eagerly anticipate hearing Andrea's remarks as well. I don't completely disagree with you that Inter Miami could have done a better job of building around him, if that's what they wanted to do. But he could have also done a much better job at giving the best version of himself. Because the second half of this season has shown us and everybody else what Gonzalo Higuain is capable of when he's fully invested. And I don't think he was fully invested his entire two and a half seasons here. You know, from the remarks of, you know, how he how he viewed MLS when he first got here to, you know, last year at some a certain point. And look, he, he was going through difficult times uh, emotionally after the loss of his mother. But he also was put through a fitness program in the middle of the 2021 season. And then this season... The first half of the year, was he wasn't at his best. He got injured, was a, was a substitute player for a bit. Then he got hot during the second half of the year. Once he once he started scoring goals again and got back into the team. Jason Kreiss did an interview. I'm not sure how long ago it was, but he did it with an esteemed colleague by the name of Glenn Crooks, who covers NYCFC. Jason Kreiss, former NYCFC head coach. So they had an interview. And in that interview, Jason Kreiss revealed... And was open and honest about something that we've all talked about. And something we've all discussed. And it was a conversation the coaching staff had with Gonzalo Higuain. And it was about his fitness. And where he was in terms of his aerobic capacity. In terms of how much he could give the team. In terms of an output physically. And Gonzalo Higuain wasn't there prior to that conversation. After that conversation, and I don't know if it was Gonzalo Higuain flipping a switch internally... I don't know if it was the coaching staff changing his workouts or what or, you know, a little bit of both. Probably both parties deserve credit there. He started working harder and he started putting in more time to getting fitter and getting in better shape. And we're seeing the results of that. We are seeing the fruits of that labor. So Gonzalo Higuain had this in him. He had this in him from the start. We just did not see it consistently enough. And I think in order for Gonzalo Higuaín, for the Gonzalo Higuaín etapa, the Gonzalo Higuaín era in South Florida to be viewed as success, they have to make the playoffs this year. He has to help. And he doesn't have to score another goal, but they have to make the playoffs. And he has to help them. He's already helped them quite a bit, but he has to help them get over the finish line over these next two games. That's just my opinion, my personal viewpoint, because, look, the first year he, he was here, he played nine games, he scored one goal. Two assists, Again, not sure how many of those are secondaries, but okay. Clearly, he didn't have a huge impact in, in his first season, first half season.
2: His first full it's season... That's a very unfortunate, unfortunate interview uh, or answer to a question from, from Jason, to be honest. Why is that unfortunate,
0: um, Jose? Why is that unfortunate? If, that, if, that's, if that's the reality...
2: Blaming, he's blaming the player. And, um, you know, as a coaching staff, they do have a responsibility as well of not letting go of a player... And, you know, at some point, you don't have to wait until the guy is 50 50 pounds uh, overweight to tell him, OK, got to work a little bit harder. I mean, you have to address that as soon as possible. And remember, they had preseason also. So what were they doing in preseason as a coaching staff? You see a guy is coming in and he's not fit. So, I mean, you need to have a conversation the first day. You don't have to wait until he's out of uh, out of the starting lineup and let him know, You need to be a lot better physically to play in this team. Obviously, he needs to be good, whether he starts or not. So, I mean, it's to me. He needs to be
0: good. He should be good, right? But, but but, okay, no, 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 no. sure, sure. The the coaching staff as well. Absolutely, absolutely. The coaching staff shoulders some of the responsibility. And I listen. I am not one to bite my tongue in terms of criticism for the coaching staff, but. Let's be honest, man. Gonzalo Higuain is the biggest personality in that locker room, right? He's the player with the most accomplished career, the most trophies, the biggest uh, ego probably in that locker room. But so so, ma- have so managing him... They,
2: uh, had the ma- because, they had the because conversation. Because maybe,
0: maybe the- we don't know all the details. Maybe Gonzalo came up to them and was like, hey, what's going on? What do I need to do to get back in the team? Because he was realizing maybe, maybe that this year was going to end with him... As a bench warmer, and that's not something he would have wanted for his tell finish or fairy tale finish to the story that is his his accomplished career and decorated career so listen
2: it, So, that's it, even it, worse it, if a player comes to you to tell you what's going on and then you have but the player has to have that desire within him too in front of you a coaching staff player the player
0: the player has to have that desire within him. You can tell him, hey, do this, this, and this. And if they don't do it to the utmost, their utmost abilities or their utmost capabilities, then as a coaching staff, what can you do? This is MLS. You can't just cut them. You can't just do this. Like, especially a team like Inter Miami that's fighting for a playoff spot. And and like you rightfully said months ago, they were going to Nico Saliguayan at some point. The fact that he was able to turn the page, turn this all around. And he does look fitter. I, I think he looks fitter, and I think I think you agree that he looks fitter and he plays fitter. The fact that it took that much time for him to make that change, sure. Some of the some of the responsibility falls on the coaching staff for not being able to get him to buy in or or do that sooner. But it also falls on Sarduyguayan for not doing it sooner because it was within him, and he even said it today. He was like, "I did it." For myself, like he turned this around because he wanted to make sure that he didn't go out on a on a bad note. So
2: yeah, it, it was yeah, so so yeah. his
0: motivation was if that's what his motivation was, he should have. I mean, listen, human beings, different motivations, different times. But had he found that motivation sooner, we would have seen a, a much more productive Gonzalo Higuain, most likely, right? If, assuming he stayed healthy and everything, we would have seen a much more productive Gonzalo Higuain this season. And like you said, they would have had maybe DP level production more often and maybe they're not fighting or scraping to, to get into the playoffs maybe they would already be in a comfortable spot in the eastern conference so again for me and andrea you've been quiet so you're up next i think they need to make the playoffs second year he led the team in goals he did a lot better he scored 12 goals nine assists in 30 games but the team did not make the playoffs and 12 goals is not a great haul in mls like for a dp striker it's not it's not great this year 14-3 and three, 12 of those goals have come in the last 14 games, so he's red-hot, if not the hottest striker in MLS. I know Andrea might disagree with that, but the numbers are good. The numbers are better this year. But it has to be for the collective. Inter Miami has to make the playoffs, in my opinion, for us to say the Gonzalo Higuaín era etapa in South Florida was success. Andrea, your thoughts?
1: I think it was a success um, because of what the team is, the reality of the team, the players that they have last year Um, they did better than what I could imagine. Even Gonzalo, his mother died, of course, that influenced. And with all the problems that they had, it was Phil's first season. And he couldn't manage the team because he hadn't built the team. It wasn't his team, so he had problems with players. We saw Gonzalo fighting with Pizarro, with Robbie Robinson, with whoever it was. So even though with all of that, Gonzalo performed, he scored 12 goals, and as Jose said, you see other strikers in the league tell me who has been better than Higuaín for teams like that that are like Inter Miami. Gonzalo has better numbers than Chicharito. And Chicharito scores penalties and scores that. And he has a team built for him, which Inter Miami didn't do for Gonzalo Higuaín until Pozuelo came. Because Inter Miami, the management, the GM that was before, and, and Henderson didn't do a good job last season and the, the beginning of this season in getting the players to potentiate what they had in Gonzalo Higuaín. And when they did and they, they brought Pozuelo, you can see, everyone can see, everyone can see it. And uh, for, for us, we, we we had spent all of the offseason and all the beginning of the season is that we need a 10, they need a 10, they, they need to bring a player that can um, feed Gonzalo Higuaín. And when they did it, he started to perform. It's not about him being a sub and and uh, being out of shape. That can play that that can play a, a, a role. But Inter Miami was not putting the best possible help for Gonzalo Higuain to shine. And when they did, Gonzalo performed. And that for me means that Inter Miami made a mistake because they couldn't take advantage of the goal scorer that they have they had until this moment. And even even with all of that, Gonzalo has the one has been the one that's been the best player, the one that has gotten people to the stadium when he's doing good. People return, and um, with all of that, he has been Inter Miami's best player uh, this couple of years that the team has been existing. And uh, I agree with Jose that, that the team wasn't good with him in that aspect because they didn't help him to become one of the strikers that he could have become in this league. He has shown this season, this half of the season what he, what could have been if Inter Miami was a little bit better with their man- management and with their the players that they brought. They may not have
0: optimized playing to Gonzalo Higuain's strengths, but they definitely tried. Now, you could say that their attempts, Inter Miami's attempts fell short in that way, but they tried. They let him play as a ten. They let him drop deep out of the penalty area. They gave him license to roam and do whatever he wanted on the field. They also surrounded him with wit with speedy wingers, not necessarily the best at the final product, but Inter Miami tried, and it took until they got it took until they got the, the ten that Gonzalo Higuain rose his level i agree with that the posuelo arrival is complete is sure federico when he I mean, played with federico iguaín he played it to the tr-
2: with Federico when he played with federico there was a lot of energy in the building as soon as federico you know was coming was ready to come on the field everybody felt like the team was about to change now the problem at that point was that federico couldn't play the full 90 minutes and then i remember people asking why is he's not a starter He can't play ninety minutes every single week, so that's if you know the game, you know that's the reality of things. So Federico couldn't play ninety minutes every week, and so whenever he was on the field for fifteen to twenty minutes, you could change that. You can see the change in the team on the field, and particularly with Iguain, you it it was so easy to see that. Yeah, it was so easy, and
1: it's a disservice that the team took so long to fix that because everyone went on Gonzalo saying that he was a retired player that he was fat that he was this and he was that and he had always the quality if Inter Miami had like other teams have done with with their strikers with their players um, gotten the players that were needed Inter Miami may be in the playoffs uh, moment and not not depending on the results that they get on the two last games of the season so and I'm
2: sure I'm sure they tried. They I'm tried, sure yeah,
1: they, exactly, but yes, it, I mean, it's, it didn't it's work. Clear,
2: it's clear that, you know, that was a winning formula offensively. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly. what could have happened defensively, but, I mean, in MLS, if you give Gonzalo Iwain a 10, he's going to, to be successful. A 10 that he that he can trust. And um, that that's a winning formula for him. I don't know how hard they tried and why they failed, to get that number 10 but if you were not able to accomplish that then you know that's something you're gonna have to carry some blame for the results of the first half of the season and to be completely honest it was not only about Higuain but I think it would have been a similar scenario with Campana and it might be moving forward without Higuain If Inter-Miami is able to keep Pozuelo, we might see uh, a similar scenario moving forward. But obviously, if they're able to keep Campana as well, in a situation where it's not going to be one more year or two years, but maybe even longer than that, because the system seems to work. Everybody seems to be comfortable with. And so um, if you're Chris Henderson, I'm sure at some point in the last few weeks, you're thinking... Man, if if we would have been able to get a 10 early in the season, how different things might be looking right now.
0: Again, I don't disagree with you guys that maybe it was always the best to have a 10 behind him. I don't disagree with that. But, Gonzalo, if he doesn't have a 10, should still be able to perform. It shouldn't just be like, well, he can only perform if he has a 10 behind him. Otherwise, he's he's... Practically useless. Like that—that's not how it should be for a DP striker. And th- that's again no, because then because, because because then we're talking then
1: Josef we're. Martinez, and Carlos Vela, when they don't have players behind them, when they sell the players that that were good, have you seen Joseph Martinez after the uh, the Argentines have left? H-
0: have you seen Joseph Martinez's numbers? Because uh, before his injury, before he had that yeah, that ACL I injury, his numbers his numbers, number his numbers were good. His
1: numbers were good. After Miguel Alvirón, after the Argentinian guy left. He, he's not the same. If You have Andrea. If you, Andrea. Andrea. No, time out. Player. Time out. No,
0: no, no. See, you, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna throw that out there, then we have to have that discussion. With Almiron in the first two seasons of Atlanta United's history, Joseph Martinez, much younger, much more physically close to his peak, scored 19 goals in the first season, 31 goals in the second season, and they won MLS Cup in 2018. Almiron was sold that that winter to Newcastle United. And guess what happened the next year? Joseph Martinez scored twenty-seven goals. Who
1: did they bring? Twenty seven goals. Amiro?
0: They brought different players. People, right? but they brought the, P- and PT was a subpar acquisition that did not perform up to his level and was sold shortly thereafter. No no
2: no Andrea. No,
0: absolutely yes, not. No. Franklin. No. Twenty-seven well, goals. At, Twenty-seven at goals. Twenty-seven score
2: goals. Score 9 ten behind him. Twenty-seven that's goals.
0: Twenty-seven goals for for Joseph Martinez after Miguel Almiron left, and it wasn't until the twenty twenty season when he got injured in the very first game of the year and and messed up, I believe, his ACL, that his production dropped off. That's 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 the line for Joseph Martinez. That's the point when things have gone down for him in terms of a statistical standpoint. Again. I don't disagree with you that Gonzalo Higuain has been at his best in an Inter-Miami shirt when he's had a 10 behind him. But that cannot be the only way, or that should not be, the only way that a DP of his caliber performs. Like, he should still be able to perform even if there's not a number 10. Maybe not at this rate, maybe not at this clip, but he should still be able to perform. I don't think anyone... I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys, maybe some listeners would disagree. I don't think it's acceptable that he only scored two goals during the first half of the season just because there was no number 10. Like, if you think that's a respectable haul just because there's no number 10, then, you know, okay. Then,
2: you know, we can agree to disagree. But let's... At that point, it's not about the numbers. At that point, it's about the performance. Gampana came in and Gampana started
0: scoring goals. Gampana started scoring goals where, where he couldn't. In the same system that didn't have a number 10. So what was the difference?
2: They are different. Player, they are a different oh, okay. the okay. So, 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 there you point. go. So then that's so that's player. the point. So can that that's the point. Effort guy at this point. Gonzalo cannot be an effort guy at this point. Why can you he not be an effort guy? Why can, can he know. not be an effort guy? Why couldn't he be more Perfect. of an effort guy? Why couldn't He's he? The last year of his career. Why could he have not? Yes. Why could he have not you, been more of an the effort team
1: guy? has. Uh, we have said this before. The team had to make Gonzalo. The team play two for Gonzalo. And they didn't do that. Phil didn't do that in the beginning of the season. Then he realized he realized his mistake and he has changed. But I think they do that the start, but
2: they just couldn't attend. They just couldn't. They just couldn't. Maybe maybe that's
1: it. Maybe. Maybe they were unlucky with Pizarro that they didn't connect with the but Phil couldn't do it in the last year and in the beginning. of. So it's unfair to say that Iguain's time in Inter-Miami has not been successful because it doesn't depend just on him. There were other mistakes, as as we've been talking, and when it was time to perform, Gonzalo Higuaín stepped up and did it when no one else could in this team. That is just the truth. He
0: stepped up during the second half of the season. First half of the season, he did not not step up. First half of the season, he did not step up. Had he stepped up throughout the entire season... They're probably no, already in the playoffs. No, that
1: first half of the season was another playing style. Phil has changed And Campana was scoring
0: the- goals. And Campana was scoring goals in that yeah, system. But and Campana he's a different player? Sure. Okay, he's he a different player, but he's still scoring goals. So, what? You can you can only score goals if the team is completely built around you? Well, then you're a very limited well, player and the Galaxy in that
1: way. does it, right? It's built around Chicharito. LAFC is built around Vela. When you have a player, and Iwaine is better than Chicharito and Vela. When you have a player like Iwaine, you cannot... Uh, like we say in Spanish, desperdiciarlo, doing what Inter Miami did.
0: Then that's un lujo. Un jugador de lujo. He's yeah. a luxury player. And Inter yeah. Miami, with the, with the, you know, they've been uh, hamstrung by the, by, and handicapped by the, by the financial sanctions. Maybe at, at the beginning of the year, they're like, well, we can't afford to build around a player that's probably going to only be here for another season because we're probably not renewing him after 2022. So, again, I agree. I don't disagree with you that he's been at his best with a 10 and that's, you know, inner Miami maybe should have addressed that sooner, but I also don't think it should just be like, well, if he doesn't play with a 10, then he's essentially a non-factor. I, I just, I, and again, go to Jason Kreis's quote about the fitness. You know, if you haven't heard it, you haven't seen it, you two oh, minutes horrible. long. You can go on, on my, you can go on my Twitter handle at Franco Penizo. I've retweeted Glenn Crooks, tweet. I don't think that's shame. I think it's a, an honest assessment of the situation. From the coaching staff's point, like Gonzalo can have his point, the coaching staff's point, and call all the blame on the player. I think I think there's some truth to that. I think there's some truth to that. Anyway, very quickly, your favorite moment of Gonzalo Higuain in an Inter Miami jersey to date. There's still games to be played. Still games to be played. I'll go first. but I'll let you guys think about it for a little bit, and I'll go back to the sentimental side. Uh, you know, seeing him score against the Philadelphia Union. Uh, in the second game of 2021, it wasn't the game winner. Federico Iguain got the game winner. But everything that it meant, that that for me is my favorite moment seeing Gonzalo Iguain in an Inter-Miami jersey. Because he not only got revenge on the Philadelphia Union. But if you remember his very first game in MLS, missed a penalty kick away to the Philadelphia Union... The players kind of celebrated a little bit you, more euphorically than expected around him. Kind of got in his face, led to a tussle. So when he went back the following season, scores a goal, does the shh sound. So you could tell it meant something to him. And it also ended up being, you know, the last goal he and Federico Higuain both scored in a game. The first time two brothers had scored in an MLS match together before their mother passed. And he dedicated that goal to his mom. And the win to his mom, and you know it was a very heartfelt moment. So that for me, out of all the highlights and bright moments that he has had, that to me is is the one that I think I would take away most up until now. Maybe he scores three goals on Wednesday and three goals on Sunday, and he gets into Miami to, into the playoffs in heroic fashion, and then maybe I sing a different tune. But as of right now, that's my that's my biggest goal or my biggest moment um, that I would take away from Gonzalo Higuain's tenure in South Florida. Andrea, back to you. Your biggest goal your biggest Gonzalo Higuain moment. It could be anything. Huh? It could be an interview. It could be a response. Any like any, any moment.
1: I like that moment with Philadelphia, but um, I think my favorite moment is that game against Cincinnati when we were in the press box. Jose didn't go to that game. But um, the freaking... Shots fired. Shots
2: fired.
1: <laughs> he scored the, the hat-trick uh, of that, that game. And uh, he scored the first um, free kick, Tiro Libre. And I told Franco, he's going to score. He's going to score. When he got the ball, I told Franco, he's going to score. You'll see. And he scored algo lasso. I really like it. And I really like that game because it was like he's uh, renacer. He, he came back and shot. Everyone up that was asking him to retire and booing was booing him, so <laughs> I, I really like I really like that game. really like really like it. But Jose, Jose, I have Jose. to agree with you that the game with Philadelphia and because of his mother and and, and scoring with his brother, it was was a really good to see.
0: Yeah, it, was, it was a touching yeah. touching moment. I, yeah. I, again, I think that just
1: it's hard to top that.
0: Jose, what's your biggest um, moment?
2: Oh, yeah, still. my favorite moment uh, came just a few weeks ago, and it was during training. I think we we all were there. <laughs> I think the, I know where you're going with this. Tour- yeah, yeah, the tennis tournament. Um, as he was, watching, and jo- just enjoying the moment with his teammates, and and calling uh, Robert Taylor, Roberto, and Gregory, oh. Gre- and just playing. Basketball before that with with Mabika that was really something not a good jumper at all um, yeah I mean just just watching him in training I think those are the I, I always like to 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 pay attention to the to the little things and and I think that that day he, he gave us something to post on social media but uh, as well a glimpse of uh, a glimpse of what he's like in the locker room and with especially with this group. So that that was my 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 favorite moment with him.
0: I also really liked him singing Despacito as his introductory song during 2021 preseason. When you know, you know every every team has the rituals for how to introduce new players and I he actually told me this when I did the preseason interview uh with him this year is the is that you know he had arrived in 2020 but since he arrived mid-season they never had that moment where he was welcomed um uh, apadrinado you know with the team so they waited until the 2021 preseason to officially have him do that and you know he sang despacito and inter miami posted posted it on their social media channels and that was also great to see as a different side of gonzalo higuain that we don't normally get to see in addition to the moment you just said as well with the foot tennis which was also pretty neat okay let's switch gears to the most recent game and what that means for the playoff outlook Inter-Miami went on the road and beat Toronto FC 1-0 with a goal from Gonzalo Higuain in the final moments. Now, here are some other key results from the weekend. Orlando City let a lead slip away away to New York City FC. So they lost 2-1 to New York City FC on Sunday. The Columbus crew conjured some late magic themselves in their game Because they came back from 1-0 down to score twice after the 88th minute through Derek Etienne to beat the New York Red Bulls 2-1. So those two results combined with Inter-Miami's 1-0 victory over Toronto FC leaves Orlando City, Inter-Miami, and the Columbus crew even on 45 points apiece. Orlando City is in 6th place, Inter-Miami is in 7th, Columbus is in 8th. So it's neck and neck and neck. Cincinnati's in fifth. They have 46 points, but they've already played 33 games, so they only have one match left. Orlando City, Inter-Miami, Columbus Crew, they all have played 32. They will all be involved in midweek matches. It's coming down to the wire. And as Jose and I had said before on a different pod, we thought Inter-Miami needed to win four out of the five to make it to the playoffs. They've won three out of their last five. They need to win one more, I think. One more, and I think they're in. Wednesday is a really, really big matchup against an Orlando City side that's not guaranteed either to make the playoffs yet. So they're going to be playing their top players. They'll be less rested than Inter-Miami because they played on Sunday. Inter-Miami played on Friday. This is the makeup game from the rescheduling, which was Bush League uh, from MLS, but the rescheduling for the U.S. Open Cup Final. Orlando City will be less rested, but nonetheless, they will have the the onus to also need to win to try to ensure they make the playoffs. Columbus plays Charlotte. Charlotte is still alive. They have 41 points from 32 games, but they need a lot of outside help. Columbus, with a win, puts itself in a pretty good position. Jose, do you still think Inter Miami only needs to win one of these next two games to make the playoffs, one? And two, do they make the playoffs? Are you convinced now that they do it?
2: Uh, I'm not, No. Well, to answer the the, the... The last question, if I'm convinced, not, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I think, you know, the, the Gonzalo Guayn announcement really helps them because, you know, I think that takes some of the pressure away and I think you you, you play for your teammate. And um, and that really helps. That really helps. But um, I don't know. I just I think to me it's a 50-50 here. It's a fifty fifty. I can very easily see them winning one of the two. I don't think they will win them both. I think they could win one, but I could also very easily see them tie them both and just end up with two points from the last six uh, six available. So it's it's I think it's all going to rely on um, you know an important topic for Wednesday, particularly in terms of you know what uh, Phil mentioned about Alejandro Pozuelo um this afternoon and not being available if that is true then i don't see them winning against orlando that's gonna be a tough task for them but then again like phil mentioned also (laughs) i'm
0: glad phil acknowledged it i'm gonna let you say it
2: but i'm glad that phil acknowledged it yeah he has played game games with us about injuries so i don't know if if he's doing it again if it's not lying this time, I don't see them winning. So I'm going to go out and say I still don't see it. I still don't see it. You know, after the win on on, on uh, over on Friday, I thought, well, yeah. I mean, they can win one of the two games. And with winning one game, I think that should be enough. But if for some reason they need points, they win against Orlando and they need to win against uh, Montreal, I don't see it. So I don't see it. So I'm I'm leaning more towards no. I'm now I'm in a 55, no 40. I'm 55, no 45. Yes. I'm torn here.
0: So Jose still does not believe Inter Miami will make the playoffs. He has not changed his tune. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I think from the run of play, Inter Miami has gotten away with some results against some poor teams. Because again, and we're going to dive into it very quickly, this game against Toronto FC. They played very poorly in the first half. And they gave up, I won't say a ton of chances, but they gave up some chances. And some chances you would expect to be put away. The one that Lorenzo Insignia had in the, was it the first half? I think it was the first half. That he has an open curler that that you would expect a player of his caliber to hit to the back post. And curl it in, he hits it over the crossbar. Just over the crossbar. There was also another play earlier in the first half where, and it me because they're pushing numbers forward, they get exposed on, in transition, and Mark Anthony K, I can't remember who his option was on the right in the penalty area, but he had a wide open player. Literally, if he plays a five-yard pass on the ground, that player has an open look, high probability of scoring. But Mark Anthony K somehow botches it, and, and he hits a bouncing pass that just goes out of reach, and it was just a terrible, terrible ball. Uh, you know, he's he gets a lot of credit and a lot of rave, raves, rave reviews about his passing ability, but the fact that he missed that one was was mind-boggling because it was a simple ball, and he just completely botched what should have been a dangerous opportunity for Inter Miami. Inter Miami has had this penchant of not playing well in the start of first halves lately, and I don't think that 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 they can afford that again especially against the level of opposition that they're playing. Orlando City, yes, they're in 6th place, and they have a mediocre record of 13 wins, 6 draws, and 13 losses. But they have the type of players, again, like Toronto does, or Toronto has, or should have, um, that can make a difference. And, And Facundo Torres is one of them. So, you know, if Inter Miami doesn't come out with the best foot, I think it could be a rough night for them on Wednesday night, which would set them up for a really tough match on Sunday. Because this is something that uh, my brother pointed out to me over the weekend when we talked about Inter-Miami. And my brother, you know, he was just looking at the standings, and he said, well, if Inter-Miami loses on Wednesday, they're in big trouble. Because then Orlando City takes a three-point lead on them. And then what happens in the Columbus Crew-Charlotte game? If Columbus Crew beats Charlotte... Columbus Crew is also 3 points clear of Inter Miami heading into the final game of the regular season. And guess who plays one another in that final game of the regular season? Orlando yes. <laughs> City and the Columbus Crew. So a draw, be- a draw between a draw between them if they both win in the midweek match, Inter Miami loses, a draw for both of them ensures that they make the playoffs. Now, do they do they play that way? Do they go for the win? That's that's or a different even story.
1: If, if Orlando and Miami tie, it's gonna be difficult for Miami to to qualify if they don't win on Sunday. If they tie against Orlando City, well, with a tie, and if Columbus wins yeah, okay. and and, well, and what I say
2: is that you know Orlando City and Columbus, if they get up to forty-eight points and then they end up with a draw on, on over the, the weekend, they can't catch them. Yeah, they'll exactly. get to forty nine, and then Inter Miami, regardless of them getting three points against Montreal, and still it wouldn't. Yeah,
0: wouldn't that is be what pass. I
1: was trying to say. So,
2: so it, the, the it, only, the only, sorry, Jose,
0: the only other exit, or the only other route in in that scenario where Inter Miami could make the playoffs, is if they win their game on Sunday, right? Where like let's assume that they lose on Wednesday for this the scenario here that we're doing. If they win on Sunday against Montreal, and Cincinnati loses. Their season finale away to DC United, which I mean,
2: it's possible. That, it's that,
0: MLS. It's possible, but it's not, it's not and it's also it's, it's also better. Cincinnati. It's, Cincinnati. it's right? also Cincinnati. Hey, it's also Cincinnati. Cincinnati. You know they've had a better year this year, but it's not like they fight oh, you yet.
1: to avaliada if that happens. <laughs> hey, it's, well.
0: it's possible. I've seen crazier things, listen. more wild things on the final day of an MLS regular season. So listen, Wednesday night is 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 a big one. Is a big one, and. It, We'll get there. Hold yeah. on. We'll get there. Let's just quickly go into this Toronto FC game just to, just to touch on it very quickly. And remind me, not, they came out in a 4-4-2. The diamond formation, Drake Callender in goal. The back line was DeAndre Yedlin, Damien Lowe, Amay Mabika, Christopher McVay. The midfield, again, was that diamond. Jean Mota as the six, Gregory and Bryce Duke as the more advanced central midfielders. And Alejandro Pozuelo as the 10. Gonzalo Higuaín and Leonardo Campana up top. Now, again, they didn't play well in that first half. And... They were better in the second half, but I thought the team was much, much better once they switched to a four two three one, which you saw in the broadcast was clearly instructed during one of the substitutions. Intermind me again, before that switch, they started to, to dictate the tempo a little bit better. They started to be a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more uh, on the front foot in the attack. But I don't think it was until that four two three one that they really, really got going, and that's when, you know, They became even more threatening. And then they get the late goal in the 86th minute from Gonzalo Higuaín. So, I'll say this. And then you guys can chime in before we switch to the other City game. I think that 4-4-2 diamond. I think that's... I won't say it's the last we've seen of it. But I don't think that that's what the Inter Miami goes with uh, this week. I think it's clear that, look, it it helps you get your most attack-minded players on the field. And that can serve a purpose against a certain type of opponent. But this team needs wingers getting up and down that flank to to bring in crosses and to provide that speed and stretch the defense without it it just it, it just gets too disjointed and there's just too much space between Iguaine and Campana and the midfield and it's just it is from the run of play it doesn't function as well so i think that's the i think i don't think we'll see the 442 diamond on wednesday uh, and i
1: agree with you that yeah. the, uh, when when ariel and and, and robert taylor um uh, they change the game. They change the game. So the, the, that is a problem that Inter Miami has been having. And that is why they are not in the playoffs in this moment or are just trying to to get in the way they can. Because when you see this formation was good for a game for a moment, but they cannot maintain it. And then when the, when he goes with this formation... Then you say, "Oh, you're missing Robert Taylor and Ariel Asiter." But when Ariel Lassiter and Robert Taylor come in, then you say, "Oh, you're missing Duke." So the problem is that they—I ha- don't think it's much of the formation, but they, ha- the, the the coaching staff, I mean, haven't found a way to 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 make the team stronger in 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 the idea that they have because. When they use that formation, we are asking for Ariel and or Robert Taylor. And when they use the other formation, we are asking for Bryce Duke, who's the one that who who is the one that is sacrificed, or, or Leonardo Campana. So that is the problem that Inter Miami and, and has had this season, that they couldn't they they can't until this moment and we're talking about the same thing, they can't have um, a tactical formation that you say this is the way they play, and they play good this way.
0: Which is why, oh, it's, which is why, on, before before you you add the two cents there, I, this is why I think, and Phil Neville has said this repeatedly this year and as of late, they have to get the lineup right from the start because they've had too many slow starts as of late, and I think the formation has something to do with that. I agree with you. The four four two diamond can serve a purpose in a moment or in a certain circumstance or against a certain opponent. But it's not something that I think should be in every game starting lineup. I, and I don't think Bryce Duke has looked particularly good uh, in the four-four-two diamond in, in the starts that he's had. The first game that he came in into that role was as a substitute. And I thought they looked good there. And he looked good there. Which, okay, I understand then maybe trying to look at it from a starting uh, aspect. Seeing that group play together. But when it didn't work the first time and then it hasn't worked again... I think you gotta you gotta go back to, to the four two three one. You give you get you know Pozuelo behind Higuain in that case if he's healthy, and then you have your wingers who can help stretch the back line and, and do their thing on the outside because this team's strengths are clearly built on well yes, Iguain's finishing, Pozuelo's playmaking, but also speed down the wings. That, that that was a key characteristic of this team before the season started. Jose, anything just go ahead and add add in your sense there about the Toronto FC game very quickly.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I would say the formation that they need right now for the for the last two games, it's whatever it takes. Right? Because I mean, you can work for hours on a formation and if Orlando scores in the first fifteen minutes of the match on Wednesday, forget about it. It's about <laughs> yes. scoring. Forget yes. about it. You need to win this those games. It's you know, the time for them to to have a consistent starting eleven is <laughs> oh, it's past. Yeah. your are past the time. It, it's about whatever it takes. If, if you have to play with uh, Gonzalo and uh, and Campana and bring Taylor and you know, you have to do what you gotta do at this point. So f- formations for me, um, yeah, they are important as you get ready. If you, as you want to preview the match, but it's more about what happens on the field on game time. And obviously, you know, with Alejandro Pozuelo, having a very important player um, uh, on the field makes a huge difference. And if and if it's not there, you need to find a way to make things work, even without him.
0: Okay, so we're going to get there. But the last thing I'll ask you about this game against Toronto FC very quickly, because Jose, you didn't really dive into that game, but... One, do you think Inter Miami was a bit fortunate to come away with that result, given the balance of play? Yes or no, Jose? Yes or no? Uh,
2: yes, yes, they were fortunate. Yes. Okay,
0: Andrea, fortunate for Inter Miami to come away with a 1-0 win? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Totally
1: fortunate.
0: Okay. I thought I thought a draw would have been a little bit more fair. Now, okay, after the game, Gonzalo Higuain was the player that spoke to us in the media side, and he was he was a bit emotional there. Did you guys get the sense from listening to him talk and some of the things he said there, just very quickly, that he was talking as if things were coming to an end? Did you guys get that feeling or that sensation at all, Jose? Um, Yes or just yes or no? Just yes or no?
2: No, not at that point. No, no. no. I I thought he was emotional, but you know, I, I, I didn't necessarily think about okay, he's going to make an announcement in the next few days. When I saw the press release and I noticed that Phil and Gonzalo were talking again, then I thought something's going on here, but not at the time of the presser. Okay.
0: I thought at the presser that he was, you know, overcome with a bit of emotion scoring again late on. He talked about, about his mom. And, I, I, you know, there was different things that he said throughout that press conference, a very heartfelt press conference. He admittedly said he was emotional. I thought that that was, you know, him realizing, like, man, I, I'm playing well. And I'm playing well towards the end of my career. I, I, t- I took it that way. I took it that. Way. I took it as a, I wasn't the only one too. Because I got a few text messages from from some from some colleagues that were like, "Oh, so once I was essentially saying goodbye, it could have been interpreted that way." And I, obviously, now after the fact, now you can understand, you know, maybe a little bit more why. Andrea, did you think? Did you take that sensation with you that after Friday's game that you know it was coming to an end, or were you still like Jose, not not sure that that was
1: happening? Yeah, like I said at the beginning, I was I was. Uh, Still 20% thinking that he will want to carry on. So, I re- like Jose, I, when we got the email with the media advisory, that's when I said, oh, then, yeah, he's retiring because why would he speak on Friday and then on Monday again? Right, normally so, normally they
0: haven't done that with him, right? So, yeah, so. He, he
1: doesn't speak often. When he does, he speaks once a week, once a month, maybe something like that. But when I saw that email, then I said, oh, yeah. Um,
2: and, and, you know, there's one question that I've been getting is that – why did they end? Did they end up making the the announcement um, right before the the last two games on Monday when when you because know they, they have
1: tickets weren't selling? Yeah. I guess.
2: This, exactly. <laughs> First of all, you're gonna yeah. you get. Why they did. Oh, of course. First of all, you know you they're gonna
0: they want people to go and recognize Gonzalo Higuain in the stands, right, and give him his his ovation and his his round of applause, both on Wednesday and on Sunday. So yes, there's definitely a, a business aspect of this as well. But it's also with the it's also with the knowledge, it's also with the knowledge that if Inter Miami doesn't get the job done over these next two games, there's no playoffs, and Sunday would be the last time you see him. So it's just saying, hey, heads up, if you want to see one of the greatest strikers of this generation finish out his career, here's your opportunity to do so. Up close and personal, here's one of your last opportunities to do so. Here are two potentially last opportunities. To do so, I, I think that's what it comes down to. Those I, those two things. I think
2: they needed to do this, though. I think they needed to do this. Now, remember, of you course, know, we're, of we're, course, we're, we're, they're supposed to have just one game this week, but because of Open Cup in Orlando City and, and MLS, yeah, I uh, think this
1: was uh, always the plan to do it this week. The, this uh, the thing is that they have two games this week, so it helps yeah. them in both, so that people could go and and say goodbye to to Gonzalo.
0: Right, because if Inter Miami makes the playoffs, unless unless some you know, unless Cincinnati falls and Inter Miami wins and you know uh, inter Miami's probably not unless getting it. it's not, it's
1: not right Inter Miami's not getting getting <laughs> Inter
0: Miami right, Inter not, not getting a home game in the playoffs if they make it in, most likely. Most likely. Yeah. The the odds are not high on that happening that they get a playoff a home playoff game. So Sunday is likely the last chance for Inter Miami fans to get an up close and personal look at him locally. Now, if they want to travel for the playoff game, then there's another chance if Inter Miami makes it. But anyway, all right. Let's switch switch gears to this Orlando City match also very quickly because we've gone long here. But, you know, it's a massive matchup. Massive matchup. i already touched on the standings. You touched on something that is interesting, Jose, in that Pozuelo is a question mark now for the game. Phil Neville, which I will reiterate. I'm glad he acknowledged that he's not always been 100% honest. (laughs) Well, he's yeah. I mean, he's he's you know he's tried to use the media to relay some fake inform or some false information to try to throw other teams off. Which listen, I've never really bought into, like, but generally speaking, uh, generally speaking, I've never really bought into when when Phil Neville says, "Oh, this player is out" or "this player is a major doubt." I've never really bought into that. I think one time he got me. Where I was like, oh, okay, I think I think this is going to happen. I think he won't start. I, f- I forget which one it was, but by I and large. Me Friday. So, DeAndre Yedlin started this game against Toronto FC. Yeah. I think that's what Andrea's uh, alluding yes. to there. I was, I was fooled. No, I was <laughs> fully convinced DeAndre Yedlin was starting that game. As a matter of fact, I got a text message the day of the game saying DeAndre Yedlin's starting. From a source, yeah. but I I, I I knew first of all DeAndre, DeAndre Edlin. Yes, he he did pick up an injury with on U.S. Men's National Team duty. You know, in the aftermath of the podcast we recorded last week, you know, there was tweets and we talked about it on social media about is Harvey Neville going to be the one that starts, even though he's inexperienced? Do they put Victor Uyo out there, even though it's not his best position or it's not his natural position? Do they throw Christopher McVay out on the right and put Karen Gibbs on the left? It was a talking point, but when I found out, you know, when it was announced that DeAndre, when it was uh, made known to us that DeAndre Lynn was traveling to Toronto, and then when when Phil said he's a major doubt, I was like, Nah, he's playing. He's starting. That, that's <laughs> I don't I don't buy that. I don't believe that. There's no There's no way. No way. And again, he's done it again with Posuelo, and I think yeah. I think he's selling it. I don't think there's any chance Posuelo misses his game on Wednesday. That's my opinion. Well, that's not inside information. That's my opinion.
2: And let's be honest. If you're playing for a contract, which is the situation for Pozuelo, yeah. you better have a fracture to be out for such an important game for the team. right? And so it must be something really, really bad that would limit him from actually getting to the stadium. I, I, I just don't see it. And, you know, from watching Pozuelo and the way he loves the game and the way he... Has embraced his time here in South Florida. I would say I would be really surprised if he's not playing. If he's not playing, I I will be I would be surprised because uh, he knows how important he is to the team. And um, and again, you know, the announcement, the retirement. Um, you're not going to tell me that he's not going to want to play alongside Gonzalo in the in in his in his last two matches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. It's it's just hard. I to I agree
1: believe. with you guys. I think he's playing. Yeah. I think <laughs> Phil was just. Phil
0: said he's a major major doubt. He said that same that doubt.
1: same line. Like, no, he, he said no. that same thing when we asked him about Campana. And then he's he, uh, a couple of weeks ago and he started, and we were like, "What?"
0: Exactly. So <laughs> again, I fully expect, and this is not inside information. I have not heard from my sources about uh, Posuelo's availability and whether he's starting, whether he'll be there or not. But I fully expect that Posuelo will be in that lineup on Wednesday. There is one player that will not be in the lineup that normally is, and that is Gregory, the team captain. He is out due to yellow card accumulation. He picked up another yellow card, and I think it was a needless yellow card against Toronto FC, so he has to sit this one out. Quickly, quickly, in two sentences, who do you replace him with? Jose.
2: Um, I would bring back uh, down a little bit Bryce Duke and have him play alongside uh, Mota and I'll and I'll get um, Robert Taylor in the starting lineup so 4-2-3-1 and
0: your midfield pairing are Mota and Duke yeah your first line of the midfield Okay, it's
2: risky. It's risky. I'm gonna say it right now, just in case. Very it risky. It's Wednesday. very risky. Phil it's, will it's,
1: never do that. I agree. With, I
2: agree with Andrea. There's no way in heck yeah. that you see that be the starting <laughs> mid, the start, the first line of the midfield starting the game. being
1: hopeful. Yeah. I, I gave up with Phil that long, long time ago. No, you, because asked
2: me, you, you asked me what I would do. What I would do. That's yeah, what I would. What will do.
1: Phil do? No, that's
2: not, I didn't say what you would do. I said what
0: happens. What happens.
2: What happens? All right, so let, let me give you the two, two answers then. Okay, that's that's the first one. That's my my opinion. Hopeful. What I would do, yeah, what I would do because I want to win the game. And what Phil's going to do is that Victor Uyoa will play in place of. You think Phil
0: Novo doesn't want to get, win the game? Come on, man. He's this close to shutting uh, us up and a lot of people in the media and a lot of fans, a lot of observers out there who did not think this team was making the playoffs. Of course, Phil Novo wants to win. He just sees it from a different viewpoint than you do. Okay, so you think Uyoa gets the start? To, repli- yeah, to, right. to replace gregory's muscle in the center of the park, give you that industry that defensive work rate uh and and balance Andrea, who starts on Wednesday in place of team captain gregory uh,
1: victor yeah. victor yeah.
0: so it's three for three I also think and again i this is not inside information. I might find out between here and the game, but as of right now, I don't know or I don't have it uh Concrete information, but I agree with you guys. I think Victor Uyoa gets the start. I think you go like for like. I you know Inter Miami does need to be attack minded and they will try to be attack minded, but you also need to have a balance. It can't just be all guns blazing and there's no one to help to, you know put out fires defensively. So I think Victor, yeah, I think Victor Uyoa gets the start. And, and
1: Orlando is very dangerous. Uh, I I I would like Inter Miami as we had said discussed tactics in this podcast a lot of times. I would like like Jose said, with uh, Bryce Duke and, and Jim Mota, but Orlando is, has, maybe they're not that dangerous because they're not that of a good team, but they have dangerous players uh, that, can, that can make you pay if you make a mistake in the, in, in the middle of the field.
2: Absolutely. So- I I'll just, just go all or nothing in the first half an hour. And I'll just go really aggressive and try to score two goals on them and just take them out of the game.
1: I would do that, but you know that's not this Inter Miami style. You gotta manage. You gotta manage
2: the game, though, brother. You gotta manage the moment. You don't listen.
0: You you, approach. I think if they score two goals in the first half, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. I I I would say you can't win the game in the first thirty minutes. Sure, you could score two goals. Then the other team's gonna come pouring on the pressure for the next sixty. You don't. I don't think you can win the game in the first thirty minutes. But I think you can lose the game in the first 30 minutes.
2: I so. think if you knock them down early and then you just don't let them get up.
1: Let, let me tell you something, I'm, and I'm gonna. Le voy a tirar flores al compatriota Franco. I'm gonna throw <laughs> flowers to Franco's compatriot. Uh, the difference with Orlando, with other teams, that Orlando has really a good goalkeeper, and we have seen with a lot of these victories that Inter Miami had. Has had we have seen many mistakes by the goalkeepers, and I don't think we're gonna be seeing that on Wednesday. So it's gonna be hard because um, Galese is a world class uh, uh, goalkeeper. Darn, so. I don't know if
0: I'd go goal. that far. World class? That's 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 a big compliment. That's a big compliment. I I wouldn't call him world class, but he is he is definitely in the upper echelon of MLS goalkeepers. Okay, quickly, quickly, quickly. We we've all said that we all think Posuelo's playing. We all have said that Gregory. Uh, will be replaced by Uyoa. I think they go back to the four two three one. Andrea, did you agree with me there? Four two three one. That's what you think Phil Neville goes with.
1: Yeah.
0: Jose, you also think that? You think they go back to the four two three one? And Phil Neville kind of alluded to it today. Don't know if he was lying or not, uh, or trying to you know throw throw Orlando City off off the trail. But do you think it's a four two three one?
2: No, I think the diamond stays.
0: The diamond stays. So, Campana and both start. Okay. All right. Then yeah. my, my final question to round out this segment. Prediction. Jose, I mean, you've already told me you don't think Inter me gets to the playoffs, so this is either a draw or a defeat. Two two. Well, two two. Okay. Yep. Massive match Massive match. This, this might be bigger than. I mean, this is. I think this is bigger than the U.S. Open Cup match that they met that they had, uh, just because of what it means for the playoffs. This is the biggest Sunshine Clasico, El Clasico del Sol, as I like to dub it,
2: uh, to date. Andrea, prediction. And, and to add one more thing to that, you know, this could be a very important uh, moment in terms of the rivalry because I think as of right now, it's all about Orlando and they have been able to win the big games. This is a yeah. big game. If you want to call it a rivalry, then Inter if you Miami want to hurt to them, into Miami, they they have to win this game. Which is a good they point. Them out. Which is a yeah. good point
0: because you know both teams could be let you know you could be left out of the playoffs either way depending yeah. on how things go here. So it's a huge matchup in that way, and I think because of that, tempers and tension will be high. And managing that will be important in this game. Will be very important. You cannot Let you cannot, cannot get a you something. cannot get a silly red card. You cannot, yes. you know, get into the into the the bickering and the the extra stuff that can happen in rivalry games. You yes. have to manage that and because if you get a red I card here City
1: right. is very good doing that. Listen to me. They have a good coach, one of the best coaches in MLS in Oscar Pareja and Having seen them, the game that they won in US Open Cup, they are a very patient team. They are a team that can get you out of your mind if you are not prepared. But what I mean by this is that, as you've been saying, make mistakes like getting red cards, yellow cards, committing fouls, committing penalties. Um, so... Inter Miami has to be very careful, and that's that's why I, I, I still don't know if I could say that they're going to win on Wednesday. Because so, prediction.
0: Give me a prediction, Andrea. Give me a prediction.
1: I think Orlando City wins 1-0. 1-0.
0: Oof. I think there's going to be goals in this game. I think there's going to be tempers flaring. Emotions are going to be running high from both benches. You know, whether Inter-Miami scores the go-ahead goal or a winner or gives up a goal. I just I, I just already picture Phil Neville uh, having a range of emotions. It's going to be a heck of a game. A heck of a spectacle. So, you say a draw, Jose. You say a loss for Inter-Miami. Andrea, I say a loss. I say Inter-Miami loses this one. and it, But I do think it'll be very, very, very intense and entertaining Three, entertaining to it to an extent i think orlando city is going to play the counter i think they're going to look to counter i think they're going to know that yes. inter miami is going to come flying and they're going to try to yes. throw numbers forward and i think orlando city is going to be patient to try to hit in transition and expose inter miami because that's when inter miami is at their weakest right when they throw numbers forward to try to, to try to score goals they get exposed at the back they leave those spaces in behind they're not the best at shutting those down They've just, I think they've gotten a bit fortunate. Again, the Toronto FC game was the latest example where they got a, they got fortunate that Toronto FC just didn't put some of those chances away that you might expect them. Yeah, to. and
1: you know that that is what Orlando did in the game that I saw from them in the U.S. Open Cup final. That they waited, they waited, they waited, and when they got their moment, then they scored four goals in five minutes and it was done. So Inter-Miami needs to be very careful. Right. The, the
0: pressure's on Inter-Miami, right? Because they're lower yeah. in the standings, they're at home. A draw for Orlando City is not the worst result in the world. So they'll, they'll live yeah. with the draw and then take their chances in the final game.
1: Yeah. Whereas
0: inter Miami's, they'll have more pressure on them. So it'll be a very interesting matchup. Looking forward to Wednesday night at Drive Pink Stadium. We'll see what kind of crowd Inter-Miami gets. I suggested they go back to that two-for-one deal to try to get as many butts in the seats as possible to create a real home field advantage. But alas my uh remark on to the social media stratosphere was you know fell on deaf ears Inter me did not do that so we'll see what kind of crowd shows up for the midweek match regardless it's a huge huge game so all right we've talked for a while let's take a very quick break we'll come back do the Q&A session a very short Q&A session and give our final thoughts we'll do that after this <laughs> Okay, guys, Q&A time. Very quickly. Let's do this very quickly so we can wrap up the show. First question comes from Elder Bar. He said, not new news. Miami Duel Football Radio said he would retire earlier this season. Well, we appreciate that, Elder Bar. Thank you for being an avid listener and for also recognizing that we've been saying for many months now that Gonzalo Higuain was retiring. Although, Jose and Andrea. Surprised me a bit today with their. Well, I wasn't so sure. But anyway, all right. Elderbar also says. Anyways, is there any pressure on this club,
2: Jose? Um, I think the pressure at this point that they have is to perform for Gonzalo. I think that's that's the only pressure that they have. But other than that, no, I don't think. At least I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make it to the playoffs. I don't think they have. Uh, that good a team they haven't been consistent they don't look like a like a playoff team if you look in, in the grand scheme of things so if they're out of the playoffs and they end up in eighth or ninth place I think that's even better than what I expected so now I think the only pressure is to perform for for a teammate
0: Andrea anything anything you want to add
1: there I agree I agree what Jose said
0: I think there is pressure. I think there's pressure, you know, internally and I think externally because, yes, they're close and they've definitely overachieved in terms of what we thought, what a lot of people thought they could do this season. But if they don't make the playoffs, it's still not going to be looked at as a a success, right? It'll be looked at as like, okay, but not as a success. If they make the playoffs, no matter what happens there, it's looked at as a success. So I do think there's some pressure, not a whole lot of pressure, but I do think there's some pressure. So... Next question and the last question: Atlanta Herons, with Iguain retiring as Inter Miami's all-time leading goal scorer, do you see anyone on the current roster supplanting him atop the record book? So the question is: Can anyone else on this roster have the longevity or the scoring rate to score more than the 27 goals that Gonzalo Iguain has to date? And it could get, it could finish higher, but as of right now, 27 goals. So. Jose,
2: back to you. Obvious answer would be Campana if he comes back. I mean, he would be the starter without a doubt, and um, he would have competition. But next year, I'm sure, because you need at least one more striker. Um, so yeah, I think Campana can do it. I mean, it's 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 what 26 goals?
0: 20, so so Iguain right now has 27. In his interim career, 10, right?
2: Campana has 10. So it's 17 goals. I mean, he
1: could cover that yeah. in a
2: season. Yeah. Yeah, he can do that, I think. And and, and if he comes back, I'm sure he's not going to sign a one-year deal. Right, so, right. Uh, yeah, I think Campana would be the, the, the obvious choice. Unless Coco Jean really becomes a <laughs> sensation next year. If he's available and he indeed is a goal scorer, then he might, he might do it. Andrea.
1: Really. Andrea. <laughs> well, I agree with Jose. If Campana stays, uh, I don't know if he's going to stay. He has maybe a future in Europe. Who knows? But if he stays, I, I think he can he can do it. Um, but if not, uh, it's going to be hard for one of the other players to do it because they don't score as many goals. Uh, if you see the other the other option, maybe is um, Robbie Robinson or Emerson Rivaldo, Ariel Lassiter, and uh, Robert Taylor. I don't think they they will get to 27 goals. Only Campana, only Campana for me. I agree. But since we don't know if he's staying or not,
2: yeah, that's gonna be an interesting conversation. He's coming for back a later. Yeah, there's pop. no way. There's no way he's not
0: coming back. There's no way he's not coming back. Wait,
2: no,
1: I mean, Franco, what, he's European. He, he so what? It doesn't matter Europe. if he's Europe. Inter
0: Miami has a buy option. If Inter Miami triggers that buy option tomorrow, he's coming back. There's no if ands or buts. It's already agreed upon. So it's not like they have to be like, oh well, no. If Inter Miami triggers that buy option. Campana's coming back, and 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 I think he's coming back. He'll be a DP. He'll probably be a DP
2: because of. So you're telling me. So you're telling me that if Newcastle Newcastle calls Campana's agent Mm -hmm. and tells him. Uh, hey, listen, we're interested, they're going to be like, no, 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 I have an option with Inter-Miami. I'm well, it's not, not gonna... well, it's
0: not, but it's not in their control anymore yeah. at that point. If Inter, so, if it,
1: no, no, yes, it, it is because I no, can decline.
2: No, absolutely not. You know, if it's not 1995, the players have a say on what they yes. want to do, where they want to play. If Campana calls Chris Anderson and tells him, listen, man, Newcastle is calling me. I love what you did get for me last year, but please just, I mean, come on, be serious. No, they say inner Miami supposed to do what's best for them.
0: inter Miami supposed to do what's best for them.
2: It's going to be no, man. I'm going to force you to play yes. here at yes. Stadium. Yes. No, yes. Ah. No. yes. So you're going to want to have a player that he doesn't want to play you're for? You're
1: going to have another Pizarro.
2: That's, yeah, I, that's what you that's what you really want. You want a player. You won your nine. Campana has his family here. That's not he
0: listen. No.
1: Yeah, player? but he has a future Instead in Europe. Anyway, t-
0: to answer the question, so we're not getting sidetracked on here. A long, long tangent. We can save it for later this fall once the season
2: ends. That's how I initiate my comment. <laughs> I know, but that,
0: but I just disagreed with you, and then you then you went then you went uh, berserk. Uh, the only player I see on this roster. Let's make it a clean sweep. Is Campana. That's the only player I see on this roster based on potential longevity and potential goal-scoring abilities, the only one that I could see passing 27 goals. So, as for his future, we'll save that for another another pod. I've already made my thoughts clear. and
2: you guys... That should be a good conversation as well. With And and we might include Rolfo Pizarro as well.
0: As soon as Inter Miami triggers that option, brother, he's coming here, then there's no if, hands, or buts. And it's MLS, where they know now that buying young players and then selling them off for a future higher transfer fee is the business. There's no way he doesn't What's come name, back.
2: Colombian, the Colombian guy that went to Turkey and, and then he never mm-hmm. came back for Dallas. Do you remember that yes. name? Fabian do Castillo? Castillo? Do, you, do you remember that story? <laughs> uh, right. Uh, right. So but, those play, but those players. If you see on Instagram, no, no, see no, an no, Instagram no. that Leo no. Campana is on vacation in England, no. be careful. Franco, he might not be your player. Those, this year. those players were MLS players
0: that went abroad. Campana is an abroad player that's come back or not come back. He's a player that was playing abroad that has come to MLS to try to revive his career and because of that, the deal that was worked out has a buy option already. So Inter Miami can trigger that tomorrow if they want to. And then that's got that yeah, puts Campana that, that puts Campana in a situation practice. where he has where he now has a contract with Inter Miami. Now, he might not like the contract. You could say this that or that. But he would be no, a new player.
1: Ca- um, ho- um, wolves. Uh, wolves needs to agree to. Yeah, to, uh, but, it's to it's yes, but it's already
0: agreed upon. It's already agreed upon. It's already agreed upon. They can't.
1: Can, uh, wolves can say guys, guys, no. Andrea, no. Wolves cannot say no.
0: Wolves cannot yes, say no. No, Andrea. Can, do you... exactly. Andrea. You... Like, I'm, I'm, like, perplexed that you don't know what a buy option means. Of course. A lot needs to happen. But Come on. Cool. And then, I mean, if you have it. a buy option, you don't need to agree anymore. You just you just trigger the buy option, and that player is now yours because you've already agreed to a number. There's no more, oh, we're, we're negotiating this. Because, no, because they've already signed a contract that says, hey, if we want to buy him, we can buy him at this price at any given point. And that's how that's how, that's how how it works. That's how it works. But anyway, all right. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there.
2: All right. Uh, final thoughts. Please, we will see. F- Blame it on me. Blame it on me. (laughs) Final final thoughts. We'll start with Andrea.
1: Well, my final thought for tonight cannot be other than Gonzalo Higuaín since it's his goodbye. And I wanted to uh, remind people of the comments that he made today about abuse, online abuse, be kind. Even Inter Miami fans uh, were a little bit disrespectful to Gonzalo Higuaín this year. So um, this can serve as a reminder to be kind. And to the Argentinian fans, I wanted to say, you criticize Higuaín because of that miss against uh, Germany in the World Cup. But you don't remember that only Diego Maradona and Gonzalo Higuaín have scored as Argentine players in a semifinal in a World Cup to take it to a final. So um, be a little bit grateful that you have players like that and do not treat them bad.
0: It's not my final thought, but I I don't necessarily agree with Gonzalo Higuain fully there. Like, yes, there's really vitriol uh, and there's really bad and negative comments that can be said on social media. But there's also fair criticism and, you know, media's job and fans are paying for a product and they can voice their displeasure if that's what they feel. I, I, you know, like if, yes, Gonzalo Higuain was booed earlier this season. Is that wrong? Is that wrong for him to be booed if fans don't perceive that he's putting in the right amount of effort or or performing at the levels he should be. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with people, you know, voicing that displeasure on social media, so long as it's done in a respectful way, you know? Well, I think that's the problem. So so, so then we get into an interesting talking point, because is talking about Gonzalo Higuaín's fitness and his weight, is that disrespectful? if if he's doesn't look the part is that disrespectful? I mean obviously if you make some snide comment and you compare him to, you know, anything that's like, you know, that okay, obviously that makes that that I understand as being disrespectful, but if you say he's not looking fit, he's overweight, is that being disrespectful?
2: No, I don't think it's pointing out necessarily to something that was said to him. I mean, obviously he's a very important example because of what happened not only here but throughout his career. But you know it's just the way you address things. I mean, you can criticize and you can uh, have an opinion, but just don't be, be disrespectful. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's the point of what he was trying to say
0: but, so, so inner so in fans inter Miami fans some some family some fans in La Familia at one point, and I think this was last season, they booed him and they had chants that said, you know, get him out of here, get them all out of here. Is that disrespectful? Because it could be seen as disrespectful, right? Like, oh, I play for this team. Like, how are you going to say it? it? could be viewed as disrespectful.
1: So um, Last year, it last year it was because of the result of the team. But I felt this year it was really disrespectful when they were booing him. I don't when agree with that. I legit. don't agree
0: with that. I don't agree It with
1: was that. disrespectful. I disagree. At, at, at 100%. One point, it was disrespectful.
0: No, I disagree. I think, and you then think they you're... Began
1: calling, they, they began calling him el muerto, el gordo. Oh, he should retire. What is he doing in this team? That is disrespectful. When they booed him, I was in the field, frankly. I don't think he
2: had a problem with that, to be yeah. honest. I don't think he had a problem with that. I mean, I think you yeah, can I, it. Don't, I, I don't think it's disrespectful that. to be booed at. I don't think, I think it's disrespectful. I, I disagree with that. And you go for his family or you go for... Yeah. Sure,
0: of course. 100%. 100%.
2: Something.
1: Yeah, I think he was talking more about his whole career and especially his that miss in the World Cup, that miss that everyone talks about. But... I gave that example for Inter Miami because he he was uh, he was uh, having a bad time with the fans, with every with the media, with everyone in, in the beginning of the season.
0: I, I, again, just to, to the booing point, because you said you think this. is I don't think so. I don't think. I think that's it's it's fair if that's what fans feel and that's what fans see. That's I mean, they're paying customers at the end of the day. They want to chant. They can chant. It's doesn't not, say it's in the ticket. You have to chant, but you can't boo. Like if you feel like you need to boo, then you boo. And that's just, it's not nice. Sure, it's not nice, but I don't think it's disrespectful. And, you know, Iguain and I asked him about that after the Friday game, about how he's gone from earlier this season where he was getting booed off the field to now getting standing ovations and and rounds of applause. And, you know, he said changing people's minds is something, you know, he he enjoys doing. So, clearly he's done that. Uh, But anyway, Jose, your final thought. My final
2: thought is on our Honduras
0: losing to Argentina. How about that one? no
2: no oh no 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 that 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 never happened. um, we won <laughs> against Guatemala that's that's what happened <laughs> yes, okay, so um uh, tomorrow, I will be covering inter Miami as, but you know I will be covering tomorrow the media practice and I will be following Franco Paniso around <laughs> the camera behind. <laughs> Because he has been very critical here, here. so tomorrow I will make a full video analysis on his performance. <laughs> so that's my final thought. I'm really looking forward to that. We'll be recording everything that he does in the field, the way he communicates. Is he a leader or not? So I will let you all know. I am not a professional soccer
0: player, my friend. I am not a professional soccer player. But anyway, that, uh, hey, that's fine. Hey, that's fine. You can, I Hey, you didn't. can... You I can, will
2: be recording. I will be following you around, and I'll bring my report hey, to the fine. pod. That's bro.
0: fine. Hey, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Don't that's you fine. Are that's you fine. So scared? That's scared. Don't I just said that's fine. I will be out there, and I'll be going through. So, for listeners that don't know, I'm not a soccer player. I think we all know that. But okay. don't be scared. i would just who's so scared. <laughs> I'm going to take on Salo Iguain's family advice. Show respect, but don't be scared. I'm, scared. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Listen. So, for listeners that don't know what's what's going on. That, that means you're scared for me to judge you like a soccer no, player. No, 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 I- no. So for listeners, I don't know what Jose is referencing. Tomorrow, Inter Miami is holding a, instead of a media game, which is something that, that some teams do, where media plays amongst themselves, you know, there's different ways to do it. Actually, Montreal had a really cool one this year where they had media play amongst themselves uh, at Saputo, and they opened Saputo up to the fans to come watch for free, which I think is, to me, I think that's the best media game setup I've heard of and my time uh, covering MLS and hearing about media games and, and partaking in some media games. So, Miami, we thought they were going to have their very first ever, first ever media game this year. But they're not. They're having a media practice. The media game we're expecting or we've been told to expect it next year. So, instead, we're having a media training session where Phil Neville and Federico Higuaín will run us through the paces of what it's like to be a professional soccer player. A professional football player players so i plan to partake as does jose as well as will andrea i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to seeing what they make us do they're gonna make us stretch i'm sure they'll make us warm up they're gonna make us run they're gonna tire us out i'm sure to to have some laughs which is all in good fun um so jose if you want to take video and i'm definitely not in the best shape of my life at this point at my 34 years old or my 34 years of age that's fine. I'm prepared to be sucking wind tomorrow and and Phil giving me a, a good ribbing there about about my fitness or about my my poor touches. I'm fully, I'm fully ready for it. I'm fully ready for it. Anyway, that was going to be my final thought. But since you took that from me, Jose, I will say that it was good to see Peru back in action over the international break. Was able to take in both of their recent friendlies against Mexico. They lost one zero, and then they played El Salvador in Washington D.C. and they won four to one. It's the dawn of a new era under Juan Reynoso. There's still questions as to the style and the tactics and who's going to play where, especially with World Cup qualifying beginning next March. But it was good to see Peru back in action, especially you know, since the most recent memory after since then, or before then, had been the, the defeat to Australia in the repechaje in the playoff game in Qatar. So... That was cool, and that is my final thought on a very jam-packed episode of Miami Total Football Radio. So for Jose Armando and for Andrea Yanes, I am Franco Penizo. We will be back later in the week to recap this game against Orlando City and preview the season finale and what could also be Montella Wayne's final game of his storied career. For now, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again in a few